Prepare your ear holes for hoops. It's like a romance with the ball. Get ready for a view of Cleveland basketball from downtown Columbus. Let it ride! This is Very Cavalier with Reeser and Matty Ice. Let's get it on. All righty, episode 10 of Very Cavalier and uh, just a little bit to talk about here as we reconvene on February 6th, about a week out from Valentine's Day. And uh, the Cavaliers have been showing us a lot of love. It was what I thought was the most fun win of this season was the Thursday prior to taping this episode became a 128-113 win over the Memphis Grizzlies, the first in what's now been a back-to-back win. So we're on a win streak. Yeah. Matty Ice for the first time since the beginning of January. It had been a little over a month since they've been putting consecutive wins together, but they have done that mm-hmm. thanks to last night's 122-103 win over the Pacers. But just going back to the win against the Memphis Grizzlies in Cleveland, mm. while we start this, because there's a whole lot of bleep to get into with the NBA, because the trade deadline's this coming Thursday, but the Brooklyn Nets, I think, shocked everybody with the with just the speed in their move from Kyrie Irving yeah. yesterday. So we'll get into that coming up and just a couple other things with the deadline and it kind of how it relates to the Cavaliers. But with that win over the Grizzlies, Matty Ice, when Dylan Brooks <laughs> punches or slaps Donovan Mitchell in the nuts, because that's what he did. That's exactly what Like his did. arm went up and it was in the third quarter of the game. Um and Brooks goes to the ground, rolls over, and makes a move that unless you're you're actually going after the man's groin, yeah. you're not going to make that. Like, no. that's not just, oh, I just rolled over, and whoops, my hand was there. Yeah. Like, he punched him. They both get ejected because Mitchell throws a basketball at him, and apparently you can't have a re- you know <laughs> an actual reaction to that. Yeah. They continued to put yeah. it on Memphis. Yeah, they did. They did. And this team right now, Winners of three of their last four, but that game right there was big because that's one of your, okay, look across the aisle, one of your equals, I think, in yes. the NBA as far as age and all those things, like the Memphis Grizzlies are a young and up-and-coming team. Same thing's happening up there in the land, so to have that go on, I'm here for it. And it also, you know, that's something we'll remember when you get to the next time these teams link up is you got those little rivalries, which I enjoy around the league. Dylan Brooks, this is what he does, he. As you know, this is what the man does. Yep. He and Donovan Mitchell, Western Conference foes for a, for a while. Donovan absolutely took to the podium and filleted the dude, and I was here for every single second of that. But just the results now, what we're getting, e inside of a very tough Eastern Conference, the Cavs are still moving along, man. They are still moving along, and it's still a very good product that you're seeing every single night. So between last night, that Grizzlies game, and some of these other games going on, I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good about where they are, and you're talking about picking up wins right now without the team's best player not necessarily playing his best ball right now. No, it's it's been um, kind of a collective effort from this Cavaliers squad, and really from the last two games I thought you saw, because the Pacers don't have the best size in the league, but the Cavaliers, and I've kind of wanted them to do this all year with – You've got two gigantic human beings in Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. Most of the teams that you play are not going to be able to match up to your size. Mm-hmm. But finally, over the, again, this last two sample, and even the, the loss at Miami felt like a, okay, everybody's starting to feel each other a little bit offensively, and yeah. you're kind of starting to realize that if Mitchell's not having a great night, or even if Mitchell's having a pretty good night, 
Um, you still got to help make sure. I don't know. Help make sure is not the right phrasing, but you got to make sure that Mobley and Allen are getting theirs down low mm-hmm. because boy, are they so much fun to watch play off one another yeah. in a game where, and, and a lot of these games are going to be that size mismatch, you know, at least as far as some of the dreck of the NBA are concerned because the Cavaliers as of right now. So going into tonight's game against the Washington wizards, the Cavaliers have the easiest schedule in the league. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. So you talk about Evan and Jared and you, you and I have talked about this throughout the season. What I enjoy watching is their the high load, the passing between those two dudes, man. So much Putting fun. Other bigs in tough situations when you have to guard that. But I want to talk about DG right now because Darius has been cooking here recently. He really has. And that's the beauty of having this type of firepower between your big four is that if one of them are down with their numbers, if two of them are down with their numbers, you still have a couple guys that can play at a really high level and lead your team to wins. And Darius right now, man, has been outside of his mind mm-hmm. shooting the rock right now. And we're talking north of 50% from the field in five of his last six games. And he continues to show love to everybody with all the assists that he's racking up. You're talking 11 straight games with five assists or more and six out of the 11 games here recently, he's cooked up 10 plus assists. We saw it last year. This guy is one of the best guards in the league. If not the best guard in in the league on any given night, he's snubbed by this all-star all-star situation. And I get it. Looks like it's fired him up. It absolutely has fired this dude up and locked him in. But he, that's what I love about Darius Garland is his ability to blend into two different guys, if you will, and feel out, Hey, in this game, I've got to be the offensive playmaker, or in this game, I just need to be a playmaker. He is that caliber of player, and right now he's putting the squad on his back a little bit, and he's really going out there and cooking at a, a very high level, man. Because I'm still not sure. A, a, a groin strain you know, is something that you obviously can't treat other yeah. than rest, yeah. ice, Gotta chill. probably some stretches, <laughs> right. do can, some yoga yeah. on it. So I don't, I don't know, you know, with Mitchell and he kind of, I, I feel like he rushed it back a little bit. And I, I think it was the game against the New York Knicks where he had it mm-hmm. re-aggravated the, he re-aggravated it. Um, so I, I don't know if maybe he's trying, still trying to get his legs from under him or he's still trying to get back into, I don't know, into game shape. Yeah. But the fact that you don't have to rely on a Donovan Mitchell mm-hmm. in a game against the Indiana Pacers, who are not good, no. but it feels like, at least it's felt like it over the past couple of seasons, teams like that, teams like the Pistons, have always been able to give the Cavaliers fits yeah. when there should not be any fit to give other than assing. There's a couple of those teams in the East right now that aren't great record-wise, no. but will give you... They're not great, but... But they'll be a thorn in your side. Yeah. Remember when we talked about the Magic early on in the season, and that game was tough. They're trying to fight everybody, tough. by the way, the and Orlando you, Magic are. To your point, they got a nice little future. You can see the vision with them, and that's kind of the situation. Well, if they don't get suspended or thrown out of the well, league. Very sure. You know, throwing hands. Your boy Mo Bamba just... What's, I, what is that? The, the he league's come out the bench to punch Austin Rivers. And then Austin Rivers saying, Orlando's my city. You got to check in with me. <laughs> what is happening what are you, right Mickey now? Mickey Mouse? What is happening in the league right now? But honestly, when you talk about Donovan Mitchell and that injury, I wouldn't be surprised if it absolutely is holding him back. I mean, you're talking about a dude that's super explosive, right? Yeah. Super explosive, can duck on anybody, grabs a whole bunch of rebounds, gets that lift for his jump shot. If that's not there, then I can completely lean into that injury just a little bit. Question for you. Where are you at with your trust with Isaac Okoro right now? Because I still think that amongst Cavs fans, this is a guy that when I drop the word trust in there, I don't know if people feel great about siding with the word trust when it comes to playoff time with no. Isaac Okoro. And the only reason why no, I'm bringing I, this I up right now him. is he's been good right now. 
He has been good right now. Solid right now. Yeah. Last game, he was good offensively. And 20 points against the Pacers? Yeah. So I think seven and nine from the field. Like, he was very efficient. But do you trust him enough to sit here and say they don't need to mess around with that position before no, we get to the I, trade deadline? I think deadline? at the deadline you do something. And okay. I think that's why you've seen Levert out of the lineup. I think that's why you've seen Love's minutes go down is those guys would be put into a package for someone to get at the three. Now, I don't know yeah. if whoever they do get at the deadline is the guy that spells Okoro where you're not having Isaac in the starting lineup mm-hmm. or maybe you're having Okoro in and then you're subbing whomever you get mm-hmm. out of the trade deadline and he's the guy that comes in for Okoro. But I'm looking at his stat line right now, 29 minutes, like you said, seven to nine from the field, three or four from the uh, from three, three of three from the charity stripe, 20 points plus 23 is the game where you're going to get every month, maybe. Yes, and you know when we get to playoff time, he's going to have so many open shots. Yep. How confident is he going to is he going to be to be able to knock those down? Because throughout the regular season, they may not go into this thing every single night saying, okay, we're going to make sure Isaac Okoro takes six to eight shots. I think in the playoffs, they absolutely will. That's they the game plan will. if you're defending. 100%. Yeah. It is. Now, stopping DG and Donovan from doing their thing is a lot easier said than done. Right. But that one spot, I'm with you. I would love if this was more of a, he's a rotational guy more so than he's the starter or closing halves or ending games or whatever it is. But JB, right now, to your point, is tweaking this rotation. You're seeing a lot of Rubio, Dean Wade, and Jetty Osmond. And Ru- I think, to my eye, Ricky's starting to look good, man. Like, I think Ricky Ricky's, is really starting to catch a little rhythm here, which is going to be ri- really big for this team. Exactly what you wanted with Rubio. Yeah. Is, it, is, is he giving you right now? And this is still when you wonder, and I was talking about Mitchell's conditioning and how Mitchell's body's feeling. Similar mm-hmm. questions I have with Rubio. Yep. And he's been able to produce every single time he's out on the floor. Like, it, it feels like he's not throwing you that liability that Levert's mm-hmm. been at times, that Okoro can be at times. Like, this is this was what was promised yeah. when Ricky, Ricky Rubio returned to Cleveland. And I like the vision. When you looked at in the offseason, we're looking ahead in the offseason at that bench rotation that you're talking about. Like, that's all you need with this team is steady hands. It's the same with Chetty, too. That's it. If with, those three guys can just be consistent, this that's going to elevate this team to a, a to really high heights because Dean Wade, we know, can be a nice shooter. We know Ricky Rubio can set the table and do a lot of things. And Jetty has had some really good shooting games this season. So those three guys with a blend of Donovan still on the floor or Darius still on the floor, Evan still on the floor, whatever it's going to be, you're going to have star power combined with consistent role players. I think that's absolutely going to be huge. So now looking ahead to Thursday in this trade deadline that's upon us, the name that keeps popping up that I couldn't wait to ask you about and how you feel about him is Josh Hart. Because for me right now, E., that's not enough offense. That's not what this team needs. It feels like it's not a lateral move from a Coro. I just don't know how much of a level up it really is in a category I think they need. Because Josh Hart, you can put him into the starting lineup. The defense will still be really good. He'll knock down a few shots. I just want a little bit more juice from the three spot offensively because I think this team still is really good defensively that they can afford to have a guy out there that's a legit shooter but may not be the best defender. It's Where are you at with, on that? Uh, they're looking at his eight rebounds a game. Not necessarily a scoring. That, that's what I'm seeing with this. Yeah, and I don't uh, love that. No. Because, again, I'm not admittedly not followed much Portland Trailblazers basketball. Mm-hmm. But then when this come this report comes out, the Cavaliers have serious interest in him because you, you don't think the, the Dallas Mavericks are going to be doing too much more in the way of dealing. Right. Um, and, and so you you wonder just how much this Kyrie thing affected everything mm-hmm. happening five days earlier than the deadline, right. just how that offsets or, or or what kind of what teams are feeling, you know, with that. But 
I, I think that it would be a nice addition mm-hmm. if at the right price. It's more of a, it's a positive. It, it, it's a positive. Yeah, I, I so think so. If we catch wind that they're going to go through with this Josh Hart trade, it absolutely is something that I think can be more of a positive than a negative. It's just not going to hit me the same way if it's a Boyan Bogdanovich or a Jay Crowder or any of those guys. Like even the guy that went from Dallas to Brooklyn in that deal with Kyrie, Dorian Finney-Smith, a guy like yep. that, an established three and D guy, I think would be so perfect. It doesn't feel like they're going to go down that road. They don't really have a ton of assets. So they have the Levert contract, the Kevin Love contract, a couple second round picks. And maybe that's all you need to get Josh Hart, but he's also a guy that can leave at the end of the year as well. So he's not one of those guys that really fits your long-term plan because he's got a player option. A lot of people think either he's just absolutely going to turn it down and get another deal. I wouldn't be mad at it. I wouldn't be mad at it. I just wouldn't love it. No, and I think he's like this, his, this year that he's had shooting, I think has been his lowest in terms of like completion percentage. So teams could look at that and be like, well, if he's not necessarily dialed in or interested, we know where his shooting can be. We yeah. love his rebounds. We love everything else that he contributes as a swing man. Mm-hmm. You know, what? how old is he? Like 27? So he's, hard, you, you consider that veteran, you know, as I use air yeah, quotes right, here. Right. So I think that's what teams would be more interested in. and Because you know what the NBA, it's every other organization says, well, that guy didn't work there. I can fix that. <laughs> I can make that work for my organization. And sometimes it's the truth, and sometimes it's what they tell themselves to justify a trade like that. Because you talked about Jay Crowder for the Phoenix Suns, and it it does feel like they're going to be very active before Thursday's deadline. I I even think that they were in on the Kyrie Irving discussions Mm -hmm. before Dallas. And I thought that it was either Phoenix or Dallas, because I didn't think there was any way the Lakers were going to get him. And and that's something we'll just, we can just grab, jump into it now. Kyrie Irving on Sunday was traded by the Brooklyn Nets to the Dallas Mavericks for a pair of players, a pair of picks, including uh, Dallas's first round pick in 2027. And it felt like to me on Sunday or on Saturday, when these discussions were being had, the Lakers were out on it because any deal that the Lakers are going to do was likely going to include Russell Westbrook. And I don't think Brooklyn had any interest in acquiring Russell Westbrook or Kevin Durant playing again. Yeah, it would just with never Westbrook. be the case. And but, also, real quick, it just never made basketball since Ben Simmons, Russell Westbrook, same backcourt, never gonna work. Well, never gonna work. And I just I don't think those two sides were interested in doing business with each other. Then the uh, Joe Sy report comes out where he he explicitly said, "Oh yeah, I'm not dealing with you." And yeah. then LeBron has that tweet. Maybe it's me. No, it's you. Yeah. It's absolutely you. Joe size petty, and I like it. Okay, I'm here I, for it. I, I do like I'm a little petty. I'm here for the drama with this. He and Kyrie obviously do not see eye to eye. Probably haven't seen eye to eye in a very long time. No. He wasn't going to do anything in the form of a favor to help out Kyrie go to L.A. It was never going to happen. And to your point, when you look at the package coming back, they tried to hit him with a low Lakers tax based off of the report that yep. was out there, and that's going to happen. It happens to all different franchises in sports, whether it's the Cowboys, the Yankees, a lot of GMs and owners, I'm sure, don't want to do business with certain guys in certain franchises. But this deal, they ain't going to play a lick of D, not a lick of D, but their offense is going to be absolutely ridiculous. Luka and Kyrie together, I mean, that backcourt, as long as they can put some of those egos to side, which with Kyrie is very debatable and yeah. it's very questionable, but this is just going to be one of those fun, entertaining offenses every night because you're, you're honestly talking about two of the most gifted offensive dudes the league has seen, ever seen, honestly. When you look at Luka, what he could do, and I've always said, e, my life's on the line. You're telling me I need one man to score a basket on the Monstars. I'm picking Kyrie Irving. I'm picking Kyrie Irving because the dude is just nasty. He's ridiculous. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. This is Very Cavalier with Reeser and Matty Ice. 
from a basketball standpoint, like there's been no player I think I've enjoyed watching as much or more than him. It's everything else that comes with it because there was that reporting that um, was done prior to his demand on Friday that they were trying to figure out an extension, mm-hmm. Brooklyn and Irving's party, and they had the, the money was there, the, the terms were there outside of language that said you just can't, you can't goof. Like you just can't do what you've been. Like there were there were stipulations in the contract that said he had to be on his best behavior. Yeah. He was not interested in signing any. Josiah didn't want him. He didn't want him. He knew I he think, would say no. He knew he would balk at that. Deal. Right. I think because when you look at honestly, when you look at what Kyrie's doing on the floor, no debate. All star. It's incredible on the floor this year. It's the human element, and it's all those yep. things that. We may not even know when it comes to their relationship and a lot of the things we do know, you could understand why Joe side didn't want to be a part of this moving forward. Now I'm curious what the hell KD's thinking. Like if I'm KD, why am I sticking around here? I'm not winning a chip with these dudes. Yeah, you tell me Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith or the, I mean. There's the, nothing. The first round pick, I misspoke. It was in 2029. The 29, there's a 27 like second rounder and there's a 29 second rounder that also came from Dallas. But, yeah, none of this helps me, KD, now. And you mentioned the Suns. It was also interesting. Chris Haynes reported that they're ready to pull the trigger on any type of Kevin Durant trade if we catch wind that KD wants out before Thursday, which I think is absolutely the right thing to do. And you follow up on swinging and missing in the summer because that was a big-time storyline when KD said, I want out. The Suns were all over him. They've got the assets. They've got a lot to to trade over there to Brooklyn, which I think would make a, a lot of sense. But, yeah. For Kyrie and Luca, man, this is uh, this is one of those two K teams you put together, where you're just planning on scoring a buck oh, yeah, sixty in two K. Who I would rather, yeah, who can I pick? <laughs> right, who you can can't I have? Stop me, because I'm playing. You just can't stop me. I don't think it's going to add up to much of anything in the West. I think they'll absolutely be a playoff team. That's not a championship squad. I, I just nope. don't view Dallas as a championship squad. And the same thing for Brooklyn. I think this is completely taking them out of the mix as far as anything serious goes in the East. They were the four seed. They were the four seed. This helps out our Cavs. Like, this is big for the Cavs. Like, how can – and again, I, I understand egos being what they are yeah. and uh, the personalities as gargantuan as they are and us sitting here as just two radio honks who love the NBA and who would want just to see that our, our teams win. Yeah. Like it just boggles my mind how they're going. We're really good right now without Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. Let's just ride this thing. I think all they I know they could do is add maybe one or two pieces at the deadline mm-hmm. for Brooklyn to get Brooklyn better. And it's not like the Celtics have been the best team in the league all season, but they're not unbeatable no. in a series. No, no. And going back to last year, if we're being honest, yes, they got swept. But the games were very tight. This wasn't like Boston was winning every game by 15, 10-plus points every single game. Getting swept is bad, for sure, when you're Kevin Durant and Kyrie. Terrible look, for sure. But to your point, that's a team to where, with the way they were playing this year, with the addition of... TJ Warren and some of these other guys that they brought in. That's a new team. You go, I think you can go toe to toe with a Boston. When you've got Kevin Durant, you, you you have a chance. chance. You got a chance. A couple years ago, remember his shoe size was just a half inch too big or you probably beat Giannis in the Bucks. Imagine like if that, imagine if his, so imagine he's inbounds. Yeah. Imagine where the league is right now. I know it's crazy. Right. And think about Katie's trajectory just as a star between that play, the Achilles and, Injury situation with Golden State and the Raptors. They probably win that championship if one of he or Clay is healthy. It's just unbelievable how these things can change so quickly in just this window of time with the Nets, man. It's been a complete failure, an absolute failure. And this is 
three, four years of this run where you're talking about James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving being on the same team at some point in time and those guys only winning, I believe, one playoff series. Yep. It's crazy, man. It's absolutely crazy. And that's why if you're Mark Cuban, you feel great about doing this. And I admire him for taking this risk and getting a star to play with Luka. But the unpredictability with Kyrie Irving is never going to go away. I don't care if Kyrie would to play with LeBron again. It still would have been very unpredictable with this dude. Because nothing that's come out with Irving, although he is expected in Dallas today to go through a physical. And I guess he is expected to make his now Dallas Mavericks debut against the Los Angeles Clippers this coming Wednesday. But he hasn't. They haven't been. There hasn't been any news about an extension. There hasn't been anything. So no. Kyrie can walk. He's got Mark Cuban by the you know what. He's got him by the you so know this what. This is Cuban putting his his you know what on yeah. the table and saying we're going. Yeah. And I, I respect that. And if I were a Dallas Mavericks fan, I'm at, I I love it. Yeah. But I just <laughs> like you want to. It's like a child that misbehaves, and uh, they've seen so many other children, or I don't know how where the hell this analogy is going. But it's like, haven't you learned? Yeah. From history, like everything Kyrie Irving's done since leaving Cleveland, I think has he, been a disaster. It has a complete disaster. He's lied. Remember Boston at the season uh, ticket holder oh, event. Oh, you'll have me back. Lied, <laughs> lied. It, it, he just he's so hit or miss with his consistency. It just as a dude, as a player, he's incredible. Oh, he's so good, incredible. But everything outside of that is always just a major question mark with him. Mark Cuban may be looking at it this way and saying, "I might call your bluff. I'm gonna call your bluff." Because a lot of the teams that have the contract that Kyrie is looking for probably won't be contenders next year. No. So is Kyrie going to leave a situation to where he's playing with the top five player in the league just to go grab money in, I don't know, Charlotte or Detroit or a couple of these teams that probably won't be playoff contenders next year? That's what I think is very fascinating about that situation because everything you hear about Mark Cuban in Dallas is it's a very, very player-friendly organization and he's going to take care of all those guys how much better is it going to get if you're Kyrie Irving yeah. I mean think about think about the superstar players the man's play with his entire career LeBron Jason Tatum Jalen Brown Kevin Durant J- James Harden and now Luka Doncic and the good thing with the Mavericks is they're locked up with Luka until 2027 That's what I'm saying like they signed him that Supermax the end was it last season or is it the last yeah, off think- season he signed that 215 Supermax mm-hmm. And so they're in a decent position if they can get Irving to agree to something, probably sim- not, you're not getting Luca money, but he's getting yeah. similar money to what he was asking for in Brooklyn right. with a max contract of a player that's 30. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of on the, I don't even know if it's the downslope anymore because I don't know what the hell age means with how you perform because right. there are more players than just LeBron that are showing if I've got a three mm-hmm. at my age, if it's a three zero or a three three, it's like, I'm still good. I can still be a doll. I can still run this. Yeah, I can absolutely still run this. So, with if I'm Kyrie, you want to like shake Kyrie and be like, just behave, just be good here, just be locked in here. No state because the Warriors are done. They're done. Lakers Steph's are done. Be, Steph's going to be out. For Clippers are ways. done. All this is like the West is completely up for grabs. Nothing would shock me. It wouldn't shock me at all if you're telling me the Mavericks are playing in the Western Conference Finals the, this year. The Memphis Grizzlies feel like the favorite, but they're falling apart by the week. And also, be careful what you say. You might have a red laser pop up on you. Well, what, given, what is this I, I, about? I, I don't know. And I, it's like, I don't know. They're, they're supposedly members of Jaws' entourage, and then Jaws saying, like, his family members have been banned from the game. So, like, <sighs> is this like Jaws' cousin or Jaws' brother? I don't know specifically. Or is T. Morant, you know, leaning out of the, the, the station wagon <laughs> with, like, that laser just... <laughs> It's 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 unreal. Yeah, everybody hates Dylan Brooks. People kind of hate the Memphis Grizzlies yeah, right now. They are the bad boys of the league. 
They are the villain of like the NBA. They're not like an endearing bad boy. They're the villains of the NBA. For the folks that don't know what we're talking about. They're 2 in their last 10. There was a story that came out this weekend. They played a game against the Pacers recently. I yeah, believe. it was, was like January 29th. And a couple of guys or a guy, whatever it is, from Jaws Entourage, sure. if you will, got into it with some people from the Pacers. And those same people reported at some point after the game, there was a laser on one of these people. Do I have all this? Yes, right? like they were in the loading dock, getting on the team bus, <laughs> and Pacers coaches and some of the players and some of the like support staff were saying, "Yeah, this SUV that Jaw was in had a laser on." Yeah, us. I, I, I don't know. I, it, it's one of the wildest stories that I've heard since Gilbert Arenas. Yes. Do we have to take it there? Uh, we yeah, because uh, when I'm, you think I'm, of a laser sight on somebody. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to be naive enough. What's to th- that laser uh, attached to? <laughs> no, I'm not going to be naive enough to think that it's one of those. He's got a laser pointed like he's attacking yeah, no. like a cat. Like, I, I think I have an idea of what it was. I think I have an idea. And, and even we all if do. it wasn't, even if it was just a laser pointer, yeah. you have no business doing no, that. No, that Because that's where that everybody's head goes Correct. to is, oh, my God, that's a gun. Correct. So just look. This continues like the trend of the league being so entertaining <laughs> off the court. Ridiculously entertaining on the court but so much yes. better almost off the court. Yeah. And I, I'm looking at the Western Conference standings right now, and, yeah, I, I see that the the Mavericks right now are in the sixth spot, and their trajectory is just going up as everybody else kind of falters. Yep. Like the Phoenix Suns have to do something at the deadline, or they're, they're not playing bound just because of how bad the West is. Uh-huh. But Pelicans don't have Zion. Warriors don't have Steph. I don't know what the Timberwolves are. But I don't think they're very good. They haven't played with Cat in a very long time. They've got five, they've got like several players that are still out because they got into it. Yeah, and they may end up trading D'Angelo Russell by the time the trade deadline rolls around. He's been a name that I know a couple people have looked at just based off of the reports. But yeah, the the West is insane right now, man. It's absolutely insane. And Denver is just that team that's just churning along. A steady Eddie like back. Boston, but they're also gettable in a series. We haven't seen them run through the finish line as far as, hey, we're coming out of the West. We haven't seen that during the, the Murray and Jokic era just yet. So my mind, and I know he's hurt, but if they can just get in and they're healthy, my mind keeps coming back to the Warriors, man. I, I just, I've seen it too many times. Now, Steph's injury is real, and he right. may not be able to come back and be anything close back to what March. he was. Yeah. So, like, this is a real thing. So anybody right now could come out of the West. Like, I don't believe really in the Kings as far as a true contender. To come no, out. I, I, don't know what they're do- I don't know what they're doing there. They're a great offensive team, but no, as far as them coming out of the West, I'm not seeing I that right now. I wasn't going to mention the Kings. No, I, and I completely understand that. But that L.A. Clippers team, if they make a move by Thursday, now I don't know what that move is. And they it, feel they, like they have to. They may not even need to make a move, but they have the two guys that in a playoff series can bring it home. And it's crazy that I, I survive would, first. Correct. That and that is completely so I, yeah, fair. You, if you can tell, I'm, I'm out. You're on out the on Clippers. the Clippers. Right. You're out on the Clippers, and you have every right to be out on the Clippers. I'm just trying to find teams in the West that I feel could do it. And right now, it's still the Warriors with Steph healthy, the Denver Nuggets, and then probably the Clippers. But I think I'd probably want to side with Memphis before them. Yeah. Honestly. But, I mean, but that's kind of like the point with this little exercise is saying that I get it if you're Mark Cuban and you make this move. Yeah. I get it if you look at Kyrie and say, no, I can fix him. As as asinine as that really does sound, yeah. it's the West is gettable right now. And if you're trying to make this Luka thing work, he's got to have somebody to play with. And I understand if you're LeBron and Anthony Davis and you are super salty about this because if that trade went down, they're your West favorites, in my opinion. That three, yeah. no, you wouldn't be able to stop them. It, now, health would be a major issue, especially with Anthony Davis, but we know the Kyrie LeBron thing works. Yep. 
And I have to imagine going from that duo with Kevin Love to that duo with Anthony Davis would be pretty damn good as well. So those guys have to be so salty right now. And I know you're loving it as the King LeBron. Oh, hater. this is so you're absolutely loving it. But man, because there hasn't I been betting a lot of money on them to win it off. That would happen. There hasn't been a bigger cost. Well, actually, no. Now the Nets are the cautionary tale of if you give your big three or your big players control of your roster and roster management decisions, you're effed. Because there isn't a lot of examples to where this really has worked. And, and I think that's where you do see calls. some teams like our Cleveland Cavaliers that have moved the opposite direction in that, in that we've got our basketball staff. We've got our general manager, and we've got our team in place to build and manage this roster. And you know what's beautiful about the Cavs situation is everything that See? we've heard from start to finish about Donovan Mitchell is that this dude's amazing to work with. Yep. Everybody loves him. The superstar player makes life easy for everybody. Now it's year one, right? And they're still in that honeymoon phase a little bit. But that's who Donovan Mitchell's been in Utah. That reputation oh, has followed yeah, was, him. Yeah. You I know mean, what I mean? Like an impeccable person right, coming right. over from the Jazz. And I mean, so, he's, he's going to all these high school games up in Cleveland. Like, he's just, he's all, he's all about it, man. He, he's absolutely all about it. But, yeah, on the West, I have no idea. I have no idea. It's going to be such a coin flip. But I think the big three to me right now, Denver, Golden State, and Memphis right now. Golden State, you're just going off of reputation. I have to. Like, it's, I have to, right? I, I understand it, but I just watched they're gonna them have win a, a chip. They're going to have more than a month without Steph. You don't even think they're getting in the playoffs? Oh, I think they'll get in, but I, I can't. They're going to win a series with their players falling apart? I mean, the, the Santa Cruz Warriors came in and beat Cleveland because they made 93s. If I see Steph. That's the recipe. If I see Steph, Clay Draymond, and Steve Kerr on that sideline. I get it. That's. Yeah, I've seen I it for five it. plus years. I know you don't but love it. it. I'm sick of it too. But if you're asking me to pick somebody in the West right now that I'm confident can come out, I've only got three teams for you right now. That's it. This is a ridiculously entertaining field that we're going to be talking about, I think, once the playoffs roll around. Like, it's not oh going to be gosh. a – there's going to be the teams. You're going to see the Celtics. You're going to hear a lot of the Nuggets. Yep. You're going to hear a lot of the Bucks. pending they can never get Chris Middleton healthy for a stretch like the the 76ers have been playing well as of late so like you're going to hear and see the teams yeah. that we all like you you could have asked mm-hmm. the lay NBA fan to pick out yeah. but then I think you're going to have some weird little surprises in this I can't wait to see what Toronto does before Thursday they're the team that depending on yep. where they ship ship some of these assets could make this look a lot different like OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, some Fred Van Fleet, Gary Trent Jr. Like some of those guys could really make some of these contenders look even better. And I'm hoping a couple of those guys go to the West because that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, this is this is going to be a lot of fun. And even for the Cavaliers, again, who like we referenced, have the easiest remaining schedule in the NBA mm-hmm. and one of the best home records in the entire association. Love to see that uh, road record tick up. They've yep. got a chance to do that tonight against the Washington Wizards. Tonight, Monday, February 6th. And again, we're four days out from the trade deadline. But boy, come episode 11. Get good. It's going to look, I think, like a completely different National Basketball Association. But that is what we are here for because that is the just the insanity. I think it's the word for what we all love. So we're going to do this again next week when, boy, boy, it's going to be different. I can't wait. I can't wait. Thanks for listening to Very Cavalier. Make sure to hit subscribe on whatever podcast thing you're listening to.